Do you want to learn more about the latest science in reproductive medicine? Explore content from the Fertility and Sterility family of journals, including the newest journals, FNS Reviews, FNS Science, and FNS Reports, all included in your ASRM membership. For even more content, follow Fertility and Sterility on social media, listen to the FNS On Air podcast, and participate in the Journal Club Global and FNS webinar series. To learn more about the Fertility and Sterility family of journals and its multimedia content options, visit fertstert.org. That's F-E-R-T-S-T-E-R-T dot O-R-G. Welcome to ASRM Today, a podcast that takes a deeper dive into the current topics in reproductive medicine. I'm Jeffrey Hayes, and it is Infertility Awareness Month. Today on the show is my guest, Ilana Frank, who is the CEO and founder of the Jewish Fertility Foundation. Ilana, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So uh, for our audience, could you tell us a little bit about your own infertility journey and how it led to the Jewish Fertility Foundation? Surely. So... My journey started um, probably, oh my gosh, I'm married almost 14 years next week. So what happens when a nice Jewish gal gets married to a nice Jewish guy? You get married, you have lots of babies. And it didn't go exactly as planned for us. About 15 plus years ago, we found each other finally, and we decided to move to Israel. And um, we were going to have our million babies there. And it just did not go as planned. So after just a few months of really trying, uh, I was able to work up the courage and go visit a doctor. And this is in a country with socialized medicine. So things are a little bit different, just navigating which doctor, how to do it. And they asked me, the first question that the gynecologist asked was, well, how long have you been married? Not how long have you been trying? And so I said, it's already been over a year, no birth control. And she's like, okay, no problem. Here's some Clomid. No checking of my body, nothing really invasive. I was gonna get pregnant, nothing, 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 month after month. Things are starting to get a little hard with my husband. He just wants to you know, figure out how to make me happy. Sex was exhausting and I was already really getting frustrated. I finally confided in my aunt in Israel who works in the medical system. And her first question to me was, do you know how to have sex? And I was like, I think so. And then she's like, just go relax, take a vacation. But I do know this doctor, you should go to him. So we started going to this well-known doctor's house in the evening, private medicine, writing a check for him to do IUI treatments on me. And um, he never checks me once. My husband was doing his business in the bathroom. We did this for months and we weren't talking about it. And like 14, 15 years ago, it was different on the World Wide Web, what was available in terms of access for information. And so we just did it. After a while, we're like, this is weird. And we got a second opinion. And this is after well over a year of doing these things. Finally, somebody checked me and guess what? my tubes are blocked. So I am not going to get pregnant naturally or from an IUI. Eventually, I was able to have IVF for free because of socialized medicine. And I was very lucky enough to retrieve a ton of embryos and ultimately have two children via IVF in Israel. When I came back to America, my journey wasn't over. For five years, I was trying to 
adopt. My husband and I didn't want to go through the IVF journey again in Israel. I was like using my extra embryos in Israel. I was going back and forth to Israel to use up all my embryos. Nothing was working. Tried to adopt. We failed at that. We tried to adopt from the foster care system, failed that way. And ultimately a woman reached out to me to try to donate her embryos. And I had started Jewish Fertility Foundation by this time. And I wasn't really thinking about that for myself, uh, but I sometimes was able to make matches through embryo donation. And eventually after one, another failure around adoption, I said, what about me? And so next week, my four-year-old from a donor embryo is, um, well, he's turning four next week was the point of the story. So that's kind of my journey which then led me into creating Jewish Fertility Foundation. And tell us a little bit more about Jewish Fertility Foundation and like what, what, yeah. what can people expect when they go to the website, for instance? Sure. So um, basically, when I came back to Israel about eight years ago with two babies, it was the first time I started talking about what I went through. So my babies, as I said, were free. So I didn't have the financial strain that many people in America do, but I still had all the other emotional stuff that comes along with not being able to get pregnant or hold a pregnancy. So we started an organization that offers three main services to hopeful parents. So the first is financial assistance. How much does it cost to do fertility treatments here? Do you know in America on average? Uh, about 10,000. Okay, that's that's a that's a small number compared to what we say. We say around 16-ish because medication can be so expensive, right? And so we offer needs-based fertility grants. And we also partner with local fertility clinics to offer a 20% discount to our grantees. So that's like people can leave our offices with a significant amount of money. We've offered $1.2 million to date in, in grants, loans, and discounts. And that's just one piece of our service. So the money is really, really important, but emotional support and education we say is equally as important because even with the financial assistance, there's still so much uh, support that an individual or a couple needs when going through this. So today we have seven offices nationally and we're expanding rapidly one to three new locations annually. And our services are for the Jewish community and for anybody local. Our services are free. Our support groups are run by ASRM certified and trained mental health providers. And we also offer a fertility buddies program where we batch people up who have experienced infertility, like somebody like me, with people who are going through it today. You often have shared your story and you've gone and spoken about it many times. Can you tell us a bit then about your talk on loving someone with infertility? Sure. I mean, we, we have a few panel conversations that we do both in person and online. And one of my favorites is, is called loving someone with infertility. So we often include individuals like myself who have gone through it. We call them veterans of infertility, but it's also really important to bring up the therapists and the mental health providers, because what do you say to somebody who's going through infertility? Like my mom for the first two kids didn't even know I was going through infertility, but with the third, that took a really long time. She wanted to help me so badly. She loves me, right? She's I'm her person. I'm her daughter, but she literally didn't know what to say or what not to say. And so this is all about providing uh, context. So it's sharing individuals, 
you know, stories. Everybody has their own unique journey to parenthood when you're in this infertility club. But it's also then working with mental health providers or clergy to to say, like, these are things that are actually things that you can do that are helpful. And please don't say these things. Please don't ask these questions. So some examples might be like if somebody is suffering a loss, what's helpful? Well, everybody's a little bit different, but we love to send like hug it, hug in a mug. Like it's like, you know, literally a hug in a mug because nothing I say is really going to make them feel better. But I want them to know that it sucks and that's OK that it sucks. But I'm thinking about you. I mean, even like a text to say, hey, do you want to come grab a massage with me? You know, we don't have to talk about what you're going through. I one time had a um, an intended grandparent call me and say, I think my daughter should quit her full time job and focus only on infertility treatments. And I'm like, mm, I think that's a really bad idea. But it really gives context to how you can continue to love a friend or a family member without doing something that isn't really helpful. I just think it's very interesting because it it sounds like instead of using the word help someone, you're saying love someone, right? Loving someone using love language, in other words. And I think that that can have such a positive effect on people who who are struggling in so many areas of life. I want to ask you, too, you you host a podcast. It's called Fruitful and Multiplying. What can you tell us about Fruitful and Multiplying? Sure. I mean, we've been we've been going for a little over a year now, and I have the opportunity to have conversations just like we're having right now to learn about um, individuals within the fertility and infertility space, both from mental health providers, doctors, specialists who are doing some really unique, cool things in the infertility space. Lately, I've been able to bring on and chat with femtech leaders in the the female technology space who are really creating amazing products and tools for women and men who are experiencing infertility. But it's really an opportunity. I get to have in my role amazing conversations with people all day long. So it's an opportunity to loop in our community people who have gone through, who are going through infertility, and people who want to just learn more about this space. Well, I I want to thank you so much for being able to take time out to be on the show today. My guest has been Alana Frank, who is the CEO and founder of the Jewish Fertility Foundation. Lots of things we've discussed in the show. We'll make sure to put links in our show notes so people can just real quick scroll up, click on, and, and go to find out more information. Alana, thank you so much for being able to do the show. My pleasure. Can I add one more thing? Absolutely. So I'm very passionate. Obviously, my fourth, my third, my fourth, my third child is born from embryo donation. And one of my like side hustles is being a matchmaker and helping people match up unused or extra embryos with those seeking embryos. So that's something I'm happy to talk about and share and offer service for. Absolutely. And like I said, we'll put those links in and people can contact you. Please rate and subscribe this show on Apple Podcasts, Google, or wherever you get your podcasting needs. You can, if you have any questions for me, uh, you can email us asrm at asrm.org. And until next time, I'm Jeffrey Hayes, and this is ASRM Today. This concludes this episode of ASRM Today. For show notes, author information, and discussions, go to asrmtoday.org. This material is copyrighted by the American Society for Reproductive Medicine and may not be reproduced or used without express consent from ASRM. ASRM Today series podcasts 
are supported in part by the ASRM Corporate Member Council. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of ASRM and its affiliates. These are provided as a source of general information and are not a substitute for consultation with a physician.